it's my task to deliver the Lord's message. So I hope I will not bore you out to death tonight and really focus on what God has, in, has for you tonight. So the, did, you, did you know that... Um, um, so I will not take long. Um, if children, you are dismissed to your Sunday school. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not used to this. <laughs> so the title of my message, of the Lord's message tonight is, Why Should I Trust Jesus? Is He credible enough? Is He worthy of my trust? That's the questions we're going to find out. So... I have a video here right before we start off, and I want you all to see this. This is about trust, and, and I hope you enjoy it. It's a short one. You ready? All right. Can everyone see that? fall and we're just it'll be an exercise in building trust uh, between one another so Harrison if you don't mind going first uh, step up here on this chair and close your eyes all right and then everybody fill in and we're gonna ask you to fall and then they will catch you so you have to trust us I'm gonna count to three just relax and fall okay one two three no, wait, no. There you go. I'm glad you are all smiling and laughing. So, that person right there has completely trusted his teammates, right? The problem is, he fell down the wrong direction. <laughs> so, you must know who really to trust, right? Because today's society is quite different. So, the question is, what is trust? So, what is trust? Let me see if my clicker works. I'll just tell you next. Okay. So what is trust? According to Merriam-Webster's dictionary, trust is a belief that someone or something is reliable, good, honest, and effective. For you to trust someone, that person has to be reliable, honest, and good, right? So with our with today's time it's difficult to find that did you know that we have trust issues as, as a society right so many things with conflicting informations we don't know which of them really speaking truth you listen to the different news channel they're reporting differently you just don't know who to listen to you just don't know who's telling the truth did you know, according to Pew Research, 71% of people think that they have less confidence in each other compared to 20 years ago. Right? And that's not so surprising, the way we are now. It's quite understandable that we have trust issues in a world we live in today. Everyone appears to be seeking self-interest Lying seems like it's a no big deal, right? So it's easy, like, okay, I'm gonna lie today. Uh, it's no biggie. That's what people say, right? 
So tonight we will, we will really dig in to find out who should we um, put our trust into. Is Jesus really a reliable person to trust? Right? So right before we jump into that, let me open us up in prayer. Father God in heaven, Jesus, we praise you and we thank you for your so good in our lives, Lord God. You are faithful and you remain true despite our unfaithfulness. You are trustworthy. Um, Lord God, we humbly come before your throne and really ask for your forgiveness. Make us worthy to be in front of you, Lord God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will speak to us once again tonight, Lord. Pierce our heart, Lord God. Break us, Lord God. And I pray that you will just open our hearts and our minds to receive your message, Lord. And we praise you for the presence of everyone, Lord God. We thank you and in your, your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen. We're so quiet. All right. Um, if we're in a boat tonight, as in a Filipino saying, we're quite imbalanced. So when I was growing up in the Philippines, the table has to always be balanced. Because my, my Lola or my grandma will always say, the boat's going to tip off. Because all the people's right here right now. So may I ask you, if you're in the back or you're on the side, I bet. Move over to the center. Come on. Move over. Let's go. Let's do it. Alright? Thank you. Thank you. Move over. Alright. So, trust is such a big, and it's a, such a huge topic nowadays. So, we're going to talk about it. Can you, next please? Do you guys know this show? If you've seen it, raise your hand. If you haven't, I'm going to spoil it for you tonight. So I'm sorry in advance. So this is Squid Game. It's a Netflix series. I finished it in two days. I'm sorry, it's so good. So this Netflix series is the number one show in the world. It trended and it was number one for nine countries around the world. Isn't that crazy? It beat every single Hollywood movie there is, or any Hollywood. And this is a Korean show. And you have to read subtitles because it's more, more um, authentic that way, to watch it that way. So this Netflix series, Squid Game, it uncovers, this is a, this is a show where it has so much to do with trust. So, this perfect example in, in the Netflix series Squid Game, there's a group of people who are all struggling with significant financial hardship and are invited and enticed to participate in a series of mysterious and sadistic games. So it's rated R. So it's not good for children. So competing with each other to death for a cash prize at the end, there's lots of that that can be said about this series. But one of the big themes that come through is the theme of trust in this series. It seems like the moral lessons of this series is trust no one. So it's really hard to trust someone who would stab you in the back if you're not looking. So there's this scene in the first episode, the very first episode, 
where one of the contestants is upset because they were all abducted and they were brought into this island, right? And he said, you force us to come, come and hereby confine us by kidnapping and enticing us. And then there's this game master and his mysterious voice came out and he said over the PA that we didn't force you to do anything. We just offered you some money by playing games and that made you trust us. That made you trust us. That line right there really hit to me because people nowadays just put their trust in something that will gain, that will make them gain something, right? It uncovers the paradigm of trust that comes up again and again and again throughout this series of Squid Game. Just like the series Squid Game, trust problem also comes up in our lives again and again, in, in, even in the world today. So, the way we view trust today is totally messed up, right? So we trust someone because we benefit something out of it, right? It's more focused on self-interest. Just like this series, Squid Game, we trust based on self-interest, based on desire, based on what we want, and based on provision. Just because my, your spouse is such a good, such a good provider, and then you, without you knowing, they're cheating on the side. Oh, he's such a good provider, I trust him. Right? But that's not what trust, uh, a genuine trust, is all about. Right? The way we, just like this, the very dangerous and inauthentic variety of trust. This shows a very dangerous and inauthentic variety of trust. Trusting based on provision or tangible things doesn't really make any sense. Instead, trust, trust should be based on the trustworthiness of the object or the person. We should be trusting based on whether or not they're trustworthy, right? Not based whether we get what we want. Provision and gesture is not enough to establish trustworthiness. So you don't, who been in a plane here before? I think everybody, yeah? Most of us here are immigrants from the Philippines. Don't tell me you swam the Pacific Ocean, right? No, you rode the plane, right? And if you've been on a plane before, did you take the plane knowing that 99% you will crash into the Pacific, right? And will you take the plane knowing that the pilot operating it has never, has never fly, flew a plane before, right? And that the only thing you've done is an assigned layer, right? So if you will take that risk, I don't know what to say, right? You go on a plane, and take the plane to the Philippines for a vacation, knowing that the plane is credible and that it went through different, of, different types of tests and it is trustworthy because it was inspected. Right? You go knowing that the pilot, the pilot operating it went through years of extensive training and competencies and experience. They have flown thousands of hours before. That's the reason you go on a plane. So if I'm going to advertise tonight, pay a dollar to the Philippines, 
but 99% will crash in the Pacific, would you take the ticket? No I don't think so. Right. So trustworthiness, trustworthiness needs to be tested beyond provision, beyond these things, beyond our own um, definition of trust. So is there a better test? That's the question. Is there a better test if someone is trustworthy? Right. So today we look into the trustworthiness of Jesus. Right. What makes him trustworthy? Why should you trust him? Right. Why should you trust him? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Why did I trust Jesus? So we have two points this morning that I'm going to convince you that Jesus is trustworthy and that you should trust him. So two points. First one is that Jesus is the truth and secondly, Jesus is sacrificial. Mm, sacrifice and trust? I don't see it coming, but we'll see. So Jesus is the truth. Right? Truth matters so much when it comes to trust. When you trust someone who is a liar, a pathologic liar, or someone will tell you, hey, come over here, I have some water, but if you're thirsty and then you have this someone who is a serial killer by poisoning people, by giving poisonous water, and then that's all you got, would you take it? I don't think so. So truth matters so much when it comes to trust. So but in a world dominated by lies and manipulation, it becomes almost impossible to pick, figure out what is true and what is false. As a result, we tend to transfer our skepticism even to God and His authority. Right? We start to think we can only trust ourselves. So we seek self-interest. If it doesn't benefit me, then I'm not going to trust you. Right? So it has something to do with that is beneficial to me, then I will trust you. So that seems like the definition of trust in this world. If truth will, and then the problem is that truth is very important. You know why? Because right thinking, so if you know the truth, it will lead to right emotions, and that right emotion produces right behavior. What you think to be true has an impact upon your relationship, your life, and your future. So it's really important to know what is true. Right? So, but with, with the world today, they said you can just make up your own truth, and you, you'll be good. But Jesus says that otherwise, right? that there is absolute truth. Right? You know, the Bible tells us in John 14, 6, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through Jesus. Except through Jesus. So Jesus defines himself as the way, the truth, and the life. That's how he defined himself. And now, therefore, Truth is not dependent upon feelings, right? So if there's an absolute truth, then I can just say, this is how I feel right now, so this is, must be true, right? So as they said, such as gender, right? Gender is such a huge issue, big issues that we face as a society, right? Um, LGBTQ, 
whatever SRX <laughs> up to Z, triple Z. You can definitely just make it up, right? But the truth is, there's two genders, male or female. That's, that's the, your assigned gender, right? So whatever you feel, it doesn't make you, um, make you something else, right? So let me tell you a story of a Filipino guy named Andres. I can't use bomb because that's Pastor Joe's go-to. So Andres and his wife, Juana, okay? So these two Filipino couples moved to the U.S., Right? And they're Christians. Andres is Christian Christian. Well, Juana is a real person. So when you say Christian Christian in Filipino, if it's repeated twice, that must be something bad. <laughs> right? So Andres is a Christian Christian, while his wife Juana was a real Christian. One day they were driving one Sunday afternoon after church, you know, when the police pulled over Andres for speeding. Mm, Andres is a bad driver. Right? So the officer said, I clock you at 80 miles per hour, sir. So he said, Andres said, Oh my, officer, I had it on a cruise control at 60. You know, perhaps your radar gun needs some calibrating. <laughs> really good excuse, Andres. So now Andres' wife, so now Andres' wife, was there with him, and you know, Juana is such a good Christian. He's, she's honest, and there's no room for lies. So now Juana said, now don't be silly, dear. You know this car doesn't, you know that your this car doesn't have a cruise control. <laughs> so Andres was busted. So as the officer writes out this ticket, Andres looked over his wife, Juana, and goes, can you please be quiet for once? <laughs> so he was pissed, and his wife smiles demurely and says, You should be thankful your ra radar detector went off when I did. <laughs> so I hope you guys got it. So he has a radar detector to, to, to detect some police cars. So Andres had to make excuses, and then the officer frowns and says, And I noticed that you were not wearing your seatbelt, sir. That's an automatic $75. $75 fine. So Andres have to make another excuse again and says, Yeah, um, well, you see, officer, I had it on, but took it off when you pulled me over so I could get my license out of my pocket. Very good excuse, Andres. <laughs> but Juana is, again, really honest. Right? Now, dear, you know very well that you didn't have your seatbelt on. You never wear your seatbelt when you're driving. <laughs> now Andres busted again by the police. And the police officer, as the police officer is writing out the third ticket, Andres turns to his wife and barks. Will you please be quiet? And the officer looked over to Juana, Andres' wife, and felt bad for her and asked, does your husband always talk to you this way, ma'am? And she said, only when he's been drinking. So, yes, DUI. So, 
just like that, truth will set you free. <laughs> truth will expose you, right? So, where am I at? Okay. So, truth will really expose you. You know, in John chapter 8, next please, John chapter 8, verses 31 to 32. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Amen? Amen. The truth will set you free. So Jesus emphasized how truth is so important, and to continue in his word means to obey his teachings, right? It's one thing to just have the head knowledge of truth, but it's another thing when you obey it, right? When you practice it. So what Jesus wants from us here is to really continue in his word means to obey his teachings, right? So this means that you, have, you, you behave and you live according to God's standard. Be centered in his word. Knowing the truth was, will free you from a blurred morality of our society today and slavery to sin. Because that's another thing, issues we have today. Our morality seems to be blurry, right? There's no, we seems like, it seems like we have watered down everything, right? You know, there's this really good Netflix series once again. It's called Umbrella Academy. And number five, one of the characters in that, in that story said, you can make up your own truth. Truth is whatever you believe in. And that is not true. Right? But, but that's what we see in our media today. Everything we, we turn our heads into, that's been publicly and it's okay, that, that seems to be the reality. Right? But knowing the truth will, will free you from that. Right? It empowers you to see what life is about in God's design. Knowing the truth makes things clear. Amen? Amen? You will know what is right and what is wrong. So to know the truth is really important. You know, the Bible says that truth means completely reliable and trustworthy. Right? Truth bears the following characters. Next, please. Truth is first factual. Right? It is based, based on facts. Truth must be must correspond to reality, reality, right? So our morality is based on the Bible, for God is the supreme moral being, right? So truth is not invented, but instead you discover it. So we cannot just invent truth just like what the society says. Make up your own truth. No, you can't invent it. You can only discover it. So truth is not by majority decisions, because that's what it seems like today, right? That, oh, majority rules. Everyone voted that um, it's okay to be a pedophile, so that means pedophile will be okay. That's not right, right? You know, there's a study shows that pedophilia will be legalized in the near future, and that's totally messed up. Because according to them, that's what I, that's, that's the person's preference. Is that, that his or her sexual desires towards children and small little babies. So is it, 
just because that what, that's what the person believes and desires, that makes it true? No. Right? It's completely wrong. So, and lastly, truth is narrow and it's exclusive. Amen? So it's exclusive. Right? Some people today believe that there's no absolute truth. They can tolerate what others choose to believe regardless whether it is true or not. So, let's watch this really good video. And I know it's a little long, it's four minutes, but it's all worth it. It just summarizes and defines truth. We ready, Robert? Okay, so I heard you're a Christian? Yes, the rumors are true. Well, I'm glad you found something that works for you. Well, it doesn't just work for me. Christianity is actually true. It describes reality. Yeah, okay, it's true for you, but it's not true for everyone. And don't you think everyone has a right to believe whatever they want to believe? Yeah, people should choose their own beliefs. I'm all for that. But that doesn't mean that everyone's beliefs are true. Whoa, don't you think that's a little narrow-minded? Well, that's the way truth is. It's narrow and exclusive. Maybe for you. It is for everybody. Two plus two equals... Four? Right. But you just excluded lots of numbers. See, that doesn't mean you're narrow-minded. It means the truth is narrow, because it excludes all the answers that are not true. Okay, that works for math, but not for personal beliefs. My philosophy professor says there's two kinds of truth. There's absolute truth, like back in the Dark Ages, if something was true, it was objectively true for everybody, everywhere, all the time. But now he says we're enlightened, and we know there's no such thing as absolute truth. Is it absolutely true that there's no absolute truth? Absolutely. And the other kind of truth is where each individual creates his or her own reality. That's called relative truth. And does your relative truth apply to me too? Huh? Is the relative truth you've created true for everyone or just you? Oh, relative truth applies to everyone, everywhere. So relative truth is absolutely true? Absolutely. Uh-huh, yeah. Look, with so many beliefs out there, you can't just go around believing that your belief is right. Hmm. Is your belief that you shouldn't believe your belief is right, right? Yeah. If you go around saying that Christianity is absolutely true, it makes people who disagree with you feel bad. It's a form of oppression. It's hate speech. That's why our campus has all those safe spaces. Let me get this straight. If our beliefs are different, that means I'm oppressing you, I hate you, and you're not safe? Uh, pretty much. Oh, come on. Are you feeling oppressed right now? Well, no. I just think people shouldn't express their personal beliefs. Dude, you're expressing your personal belief that expressing a personal belief is wrong. Well, let's not make value judgments like right and wrong. So saying an idea is right or wrong is wrong, right? You're right, it's wrong. Telling someone they're wrong is just not right. Uh, right. It's what's known as intolerance, and that's one thing society should never ever put up with. Intolerance. Yeah, like, okay, for example, you Christians always say that Jesus is the only way. That's about as intolerant as you can get. Lots of people aren't Christians. Just think how it makes them feel. But it's a fact that Jesus made the exclusive claim that he was the only way to God. That's just your opinion. No, really, I didn't make it up. It's a historical fact that he made that claim. The earliest first century biographies documented Jesus said he was the door to heaven. 
He also said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Well, then if Jesus made that claim, then he was intolerant. Wait a sec. If your doctor tells you that one and only one particular medicine will cure your disease, do you tell her she's being narrow-minded and intolerant? No. This is the same thing. Jesus is saying that he's the one thing that all of us need. So you're saying I have to believe this? No, you can decide to believe whatever you want. That's your call. But you can't change the historical fact that Jesus made this huge claim about himself. So I'm entitled to my own opinions? Yeah, but you're not entitled to your own facts. None of us are. Jesus made the claim, and it's either true or false. How you evaluate that claim is entirely up to you. My philosophy professor never talked about this stuff. Uh, yeah, I know. Tolerance doesn't mean that we have to agree. In fact, you can't tolerate people you agree with because you agree with them. There's nothing to tolerate. Huh, I never thought of that. Tolerance means that you disagree with someone, but you still give them the right to be wrong. Okay, wow, this is cool. Do you have time for coffee? Let's see if we can tolerate each other some more. Sounds good. Was that clear? That's clear. It is, right? Yeah. So, our responsibility as Christians is to really advocate for Jesus, right? So, okay. there is this one really great um, quote, next please, from Soren. I don't know how to say the last name, so I'm not going to say it, but at least she said, there are two ways to be fooled. One is to believe what isn't true, and the other is to refuse to believe what is true. So the choice is really yours, right? And, and how you evaluate the truth and the credibility of it is really up to you. Right? So as Christians, we continue to study God's word, and that's how we grow in our faith. Right? So the battle here in because Jesus wants us to follow him and know the truth because there is a real enemy as well. So let's not forget the enemy, Satan, right? So the father of lies, Satan will attack our thinking to make us doubt and deny God's word. He can make us believe that God is selfish and kill joy. You know that Satan is present at the even in, at the Garden of Eden, right? In Genesis, describes that Satan is crafty, that he's a formidable enemy, that he whispers ideas into our ears, and our selfishness and pride reacts to it, instead of sticking with God's truth. So the battle is right here. It's in our mind. So if we don't know the truth, and you're not rooted to that truth, you will easily be believe the lies and the, the, the deceitfulness of the enemy. So you have to be rooted, right? You can't be just shallow Christians. So once you become a Christian, you believe that Jesus is Lord, you study His words, you continue to grow in your personal relationship with Him. And David is really good at that. David in the Bible, he describes, next please. Oh, and but first, there you go. David in the Bible, he reminded us that, Yet you are near, Lord, all your commands are true. All your words are true. All your righteousness, righteous love are eternal. Great peace have, 
are those who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. So that means that when you are intimate with the Lord, with Jesus, and you're studying His words, you're doing your quiet time, you're, you're doing your reading, you're praying, that this will give you peace, right? And nothing that the enemies attack will stumble you. So today, today the blurred morality in our society and these different things about the tolerance is definitely the work of the enemy. God is the only truth. He wants us to know that, right? Because God does not lie. Right? He speaks truth. Whatever He says and promises, He fulfills. When we when we encounter Jesus and submit to the Word of God, we will know the truth. Be protected from the lies and have this great peace. Then, secondly, our next point is that Jesus is trustworthy because Jesus is sacrificial. Right? Jesus is sacrificial. So, second point this evening is sacrifice. What does sacrifice has to do with truth, with trusting? Right? So we discovered earlier that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus even goes beyond what one person could ever imagine. Right? Trust has something to do with commitment and with love. Amen? So you can't trust someone who's not committed and who doesn't love you. If he hates you, you shouldn't be trusting that person. You know God loves you and me. He loves us unconditionally. And he has enduring commitment towards us. You know what? That's what the Christian God, that's what sets him apart. Is because he's the only God right, that came down into the earth to live among us. To save you. In other belief system, you have to work your way up to heaven. Right? In a Muslim belief, you have to die for your God. Right? It's just for you to have 72 virgins. Isn't that crazy? What am I going to do with 72 virgins? <laughs> right? But the Bible tells us in Jeremiah 31.3, The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with an unfailing kindness. I can confidently say that I completely trust my wife. Here's my wife right there, right there. Because we have commitment with each other. And we trust each other. And that I can confidently say that I trust her because I know she loves me. And she knows that I love her. Right? So trustworthiness is ultimately accurately defined by sacrifice. It is those that sacrifice for us, giving of themselves, at cost to themselves, for our benefit, that are most worthy of our trust. Right? Here's a person most worthy of our trust because of his sacrificial love for you and me. And that person is Jesus. Yeah. Next slide, please. Okay. In Romans 5 it reads, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for you and me. Amen? Amen. That's how good our God is. Jesus, God Himself, and He said, I am. God Himself, in the flesh, stepped into the world and gave Himself, showing two incredible things. Right? 
showing two incredible things. First is that the greatest display of sacrificial love, this is the greatest display of sacrificial love in human history. What Jesus did on the cross is the greatest display of sacrificial love in human history. Secondly, is that the greatest demonstration of trustworthiness in human history. That's how you can trust someone, is that they're ready to lay down their lives or his or her life for you. Right? So love, Jesus love you and me, despite our imperfections, he is surely worthy of our trust. Amen? Love, love, because love transcends feelings, comfort, and convenience. Love seeks the highest good of, some, of the person, which usually, oftentimes, requires sacrifice. Love is an action. It is sacrificial. Right? You love someone not because, you know, they just make you feel good all the time. I tell you in marriage, it's not always feel good all the time. Right? There's problems that will arise, but you choose to love someone because you have the commitment. Right? So Jesus' ultimate sacrifice is dying on the cross for our sins. It should have been for you. It should have been you and me hanging on that cross. Isn't that crazy? He became sin who knew no sin for your sake and mine. But Jesus took it all. Jesus took it all. And Jesus paid it all. So we will have eternal life with Him. Amen? Amen. So, there's this illustration that, you know, when the world tells you that you are sinful and uh, you're not worthy, there's, according to Martin Luther, next please, he said that, so when the devil throws your sins in your face and declares that you deserve death and hell, tell him this, I admit that I deserve death and hell. What of it? For I know one, suffer, one suffered and made satisfaction on my behalf. His name is Jesus Christ, Son of God. And where he is, there I shall be also. Amen. 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 We should be confident in saying that. That where he is, you shall be there also. I will be there also. Because Jesus is coming back. Right? We have a complete confidence in our faith because we have completely confidence in the, in the finished work of Christ Jesus. Surrender everything to him, knowing that he is completely trustworthy. Amen. So that what, that's what made Jesus trustworthy. So why should you trust Jesus? Why should you trust Jesus? Because he is the truth. And secondly, Jesus loves you sacrificially. Amen? So to conclude, in Psalms, in Psalms 20, verse 7, it is just fitting that David, who wrote this word, someone that could literally, David could just literally put his trust in anything he wanted in the world. Remember that David is the most powerful person at that time. Right? When he wrote this, is the most powerful person. Right? Um, he has everything. And yet, he writes in Psalms 20, verse 7, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Amen. 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 So, 
Back in that Squid Game series that I already spoiled for you, there's a game that called Red Light, Green Light. You know, in a world, in this world today, we are constantly playing that Red Light, Green Light. That means when it's green light, you go and run, and if it's red light, you stop. Right? That's what the game is all about. It's really basic. So we're constantly playing that in the world in our world today. Maybe. It's time to really look into the one true light, true light, right? The one who is worthy of our trust, and his name is Jesus. And he's inviting you today, inviting you today, and step into an authentic relationship of proven trust today. So if you haven't made that decision to really put your trust, whom that really deserves your trust, if you haven't made that decision to really trust Jesus with your life, today is the day. So what are you going to do? Amen? Amen. So that's our message tonight. Let's close in prayer. Father God in heaven, we praise you and we just thank you for this day, Lord God. Thank you that we learned from you tonight. Thank you that you are all, you're all worthy of our trust, Lord God that we can completely depend upon you, completely rely on you, because you are trustworthy, for you are the truth, and you have made the sacrifice for us, Lord God. You have showed us how much you love us by dying on that cross on our behalf, so that we'll enjoy eternal life with you in heaven. If there's anybody here tonight, Lord, that haven't received you and haven't made that decision, conscious decision, to put their trust upon you, to accept you and receive you as their Lord and Savior. Let this be the night, Lord God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that they will confess, that person will confess his or her sin and accept you as their Lord and Savior. Lord Jesus, we pray that as we leave this building, Lord God, whatever we learn here tonight, we live it out, Lord God, we live it out, and it will be evident in our personal lives. Lord, we thank you for your good and your faithful. 